0: Taylors, i wanted to share something with you recently i tried something new a few weeks ago i went to a friend's house for a fun night in the plan was to get some yummy takeout and watch a movie i knew it would be the perfect night to chill so i brought over a pre-rolled high potency thc joint from mood for us to try and we had the perfect relaxed night in Mood is known for their federally legal THC, and now they're adding their most potent product yet to the lineup. For a limited time, Mood is giving our listeners a free THCA pre-roll and 20% off your first order. Just visit hellomood.com and use our code GOSSIP23. So I'm really looking forward to trying their Social Mood THCA joint next. And it's really fun when you get a package from Mood. It feels like the experience already begins. Their packaging is beautiful, it's colorful, and it definitely feels elevated. For those of you who haven't heard about THCA Flower, it is Mood's latest and most potent breakthrough in the world of federally legal cannabis. Mood has different strains for specific moods, From euphoric to energized creative to chill and plenty of versatile products that go with whatever mood you're going for mood puts an end to guessing games with federally legal forms of thc extracted from hemp plants and all of their products are regularly third-party tested in drug enforcement agency registered labs try moods new thca flower today and for a limited time only, get 20% off your first order and a free THCA pre roll. Just go to hellomood.com and use promo code GOSSIP23. That's hello M O O D.com, code GOSSIP23 for 20% off your order and a free THCA pre roll.
1: Joe and Melissa and Teresa were fine before he came. And he was the thing that ultimately broke that, was like, they had remedied all of their family situations and they were close when she got out of jail. And they had mended fences and he divided them again and we watched it. And I think that one of the reasons Joe didn't go to the wedding, it wasn't, it was about his sister, but it was also about like, I can't co-sign this because I know this isn't good for her. Welcome to Cocktails and Gossip, the podcast where we drink cocktails, but you better believe we're gonna spill the tea. We chat reality TV, celebrity blinds, and the hottest tea from Bravo And, and as always, it's all alleged and just
0: for fun. We do not verify our blinds I'm B, and I'm Amanda. Let's get into this week's tea. What's up, cocktailers and Amanda? Hey cocktailers, hi B. Okay, so I'm really excited about some of this scoop that you have for us because I have not heard all about this. So, I'm guessing the cocktailers haven't heard this yet either, and I think it's pretty good. If you're a New Jersey person, all right, share with us what you got.
1: Okay, so at BravoCon, I got I received a lot of information about BravoCon and I shared a lot of it. Sometimes when there aren't receipts, you and I both know there was so much coming in during yeah. Bravocon weekend and so much of it had pictures and proof and everything that I sort of just held some stuff in the kitty and was like, "You know what? Should this be relevant? I can always go back to it." But it's it's relevant. And so I heard about a situation at Bravocon and then I heard about a overarching issue that was behind the scenes. So I was informed today, what's today? Oh yes, whatever. I was informed this week that Louie unfollowed Teresa's podcast co-host, Melissa Feister. So Melissa Feister is a person who had an account. Apparently her husband is a talent agent. They live in California. She had a podcast that was, she had like a small following on Instagram. I'm not exactly sure how she got hooked up with Teresa. I had thought her husband managed or worked with Teresa getting her deals because he was a talent manager. Whatever the case may be, they teamed up and started their Namaste podcast. So the rumor that had been going around, and I heard this from like people who were there and saw it, right? was that at BravoCon, people witnessed Louis yelling at her co-host, Teresa's co-host, Melissa. Apparently, Louie and his assistant kept screaming at her over and over. And he was in a rage and like the screaming, like there was, you know, spit coming out as he was screaming. Oh, my God. He was saying things allegedly. And again, I don't I wish somebody would have taken a video of it. Um. If this is true, he was saying things like, Teresa's the star, you're a nobody, and you're going to respect me, you're going to respect her, or we're going to have a problem. So Teresa was there at some point of it. She didn't step in. She let it go on. And I believe that they addressed it on the podcast, although I didn't listen. Some followers asked me like, hey, what's this about? I heard on the podcast she was saying, oh, there's a rumor. Apparently, people are saying it wasn't a rumor. Now, coincidence, he unfollowed her. Now, the part that I heard, and again, if this comes true, we'll know it was true, is that obviously with the upcoming season, her podcast is one of her businesses, right? So Mm -hmm. it's going to be featured on the season. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. And word on the street is that Teresa plans on not renewing Melissa's contract as her co-host. But she's not doing that. She's not letting her go until the season airs. Which makes absolute sense because it would draw a lot of attention to this, right? So, right. if we're watching the season and we're watching the podcast and we go to look as viewers, we're like, wait, they no longer work together? Hmm. The other thing is, this Melissa Feister is very outspoken. She's a spicy gal. So, yeah. I'm like saying to myself, right? Because you've listened to their pod. I have. At so, the like, beginning. yeah. So, if Teresa plans on dropping her, I understand it's smart not to do it before the season, but doesn't she realize that whenever she drops her, this co-host has a platform and it's going to come out and she's going to speak on what went down working with them, what Louie was like, what Teresa and Louie's relationship was like. I mean, perhaps they feel they have nothing to hide and they see it as, you know, they want to try to end with her amicably, but Teresa wants to move in another direction. I mean, that certainly happens. There's not, you know, people split up, not necessarily
0: bad blood or whatever. Or maybe there's an NDA. I wouldn't mm. I could I would not be surprised one bit actually if there is some kind of NDA in place where they just don't have to worry that she will do that or she'll get sued. Right. I mean that would make sense. And um, I'm looking, it looks like she has another podcast that's still running. Yeah. Um, she's always had that. Side piece. And yeah. it looks like it goes like every couple weeks. And she interviews Bravo Labs. So the other
1: thing that I heard when I heard all of this is that, you know, that annual game that they do, that Dolores is charity for the hospital. Yeah. Apparently at that game, Louis was incensed because Bill Aiden talked to Joe Gorga and he was screaming things like, oh, that little punk John Fuda is staring at me. I'll F him up. He was cursing about Bill, talking that he hugged Joe, but then afterwards he kissed Bill's ass. So also they said he's always yelling at Teresa's lawyer, Jim.
0: So Louis so, has his anger management stuff has just gone out the window.
1: According to these sources, and it, it also was brought to my attention that Louis and his sister, Veronica, who is heavily featured at their wedding and Teresa talks about being such great friends with, his sister and him are no longer following him each other. They had a fallout.
0: Mm. I mean, again, you know, of course, he was so big on, you know, pushing Teresa, we need to have family unity. And now he's not talking to his own sister. I'm not shocked. And like, I come back to if he if he were to be a narcissist or have narcissistic tendencies, that is a typical thing that happens in relationships is the narcissistic person whatever starts to try to isolate the other person so you know isolating from business relations outside business relationships friendships family it fits the pattern to me yep not that I know anything and I'm not diagnosing anything but it sure does seem to fit the pattern
1: well Teresa is still following the sister I believe And I remember his first season or whatever it was, him saying things when they were trying to have a relationship with Joe Gorga, like my siblings and I have had issues and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know what the fallout was about. I heard money. I heard business deal. I mean, we shall see. We shall see because they're they're under a microscope and people want the Louis stuff out there so much that... It's impossible for it not. I do I do think you're right about the NDA because yeah. they'd have to. And, and also, I, she's any of
0: his... She doesn't probably want to burn bridges. Does any of this surprise anybody based on what we've seen from him before? I, I would scream and yell at somebody in public. Doesn't well, surprise me.
1: I hear that he is not featured that much this season. I hear that he kind of keeps his cool this season. That surprises me more than all of this. But then again, I just think he's good at keeping a lid on it, and he's gotten better since he's been in the public eye.
0: I don't, I'm don't. i not surprised at all, actually, that he is not featured as much because of all of the the drama with bringing the security guy to the reunion. What's the yes. thing again? Bo Needle. I don't know. I just don't. I mean, I let's not forget.
1: And let's not forget, Andy, for months after the season aired, Andy asked every single guest what they thought of Louie mm-hmm. and, like, wanted everyone to trash him. Like, Andy's not a fan. The network no. isn't a fan. But it's like a train wreck, is what I hear. And they just can't look away from it because, should it blow up and should it be a whole thing, it's going
0: to be must see TV. I mean, do we hear if there's, if any of this stuff, because I would imagine, just going to throw this out there, like if my husband publicly yelled and screamed to the point that spit was coming out of his mouth at, at me, my, <laughs> yes, at you, <laughs> like that would cause some huge issues
1: in my marriage. I, I don't think so, though. I don't think that would cause issues in her marriage. I don't think we saw her with Joe. She sees it. With it her husband. active. Yeah, she and and it, she'll yeah. take his side. I think it would Listen. Over time, if it's true that he has volatile relationships with everybody in her life. I mean, I've heard stories about every single person in her life from her makeup to her hair to her lawyer. Daughters? His sister? Hopefully not. I hope I haven't heard. I haven't heard the daughters you know, somebody like our friend Michelle Dempsey would tell you that somebody like this, it would be impossible. She said it on our podcast. She's like, mm-hmm. we haven't heard it, but it would be impossible for somebody with this personality not to have had issues, you know, because the girls, yeah. you could keep things nice for TV, but at the end of the day, they live in a home together. They're going to have emotions and opinions. Yeah. And when they don't align with his, there's going to be a reaction. You can't
0: cover stuff. Somebody's going to leave a mess in the kitchen, like something right. dumb, right? And right. then the rage will come out. Yeah. Exactly. So,
1: and, I, and I've and said it, and I hope that we're wrong, and I hope that although he has these sort of issues when it comes to Teresa and, and the girls, he loves them and he isn't like that with them. I mean, that would be ideal. Yeah. Listen, Joe and Melissa and Teresa were fine before he came, and yeah. he was the thing that ultimately broke that, was like, They had remedied all of their family situations and they were close when she got out of jail and they had mended fences and he divided them again and we watched it. And I think that one of the reasons Joe didn't go to the wedding, it wasn't it was about his sister, but it was also about like, I can't co-sign this because I know this isn't good for her. Yeah. You know, and I think that the focus became so much the pettiness between the siblings and between Teresa and Melissa, which I, and I have always said, I don't think the Gorgas are in, innocent. I think it takes two yeah. to tango. Definitely. And we've watched that for years. They're back and forth. But I think that they didn't agree with the marriage and they didn't think it's what was
0: best for her. Yeah. So. And Teresa's just in her love bubble and burying her burying her head in the sand inside this love bubble and not looking around at how he treats the people in her life. She did it with
1: her first husband yeah. for many years. So,
0: yeah. Well, yeah. interesting. That's really, I mean, of all the stuff, I didn't see any of that come in around BravoCon time. So I think that's pretty good.
1: And, you know, I yes. I, 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 I sort of watch what I post with them because yeah. they're not so much them. Their fans are such like, hawks or whoever runs those accounts i don't know if it's them or whatever it's certainly not her if it's him his team whatever and they want to keep a lid on this and the reality is is speculating about something is speculating we weren't there they're still doing the pod together but i figured you know what if she really is gonna ditch this girl we're gonna know we're gonna see she's gonna have a new podcast or maybe she ditches the podcast altogether which would probably be her best bet I don't think they have a huge amount of listeners. I don't think it brings in a huge amount of money for her. Mm. And she is able to generate money in other ways. She probably makes as much on a appearance as she does monthly on her pod. So for her, it's not even worth it. Because yeah. if they were doing great, they'd be doing more live shows and more appearances and stuff. But they're not. And the reason for that is the reason they switch networks is because the numbers weren't great. Her dad is not as big a network as Podcast One. Mm. So, you know, that's just what it is. I mean- if, if she was doing great and if she was generating great numbers, podcasts would have stayed. They, wouldn't have, they would not have paid for her yeah. to stay. They wouldn't yeah. have let her walk. And they let yeah. her walk. So she may wrap it up with Melissa and say, you know what? It was too much of a commitment weekly and I didn't love it. And I I've listened. It doesn't seem like she loves it. So that would be her best bet because she could be like, it had nothing to do with Melissa. It's just my choice that I was done doing the pod. Right. Whereas if she continues on a pod on her own, I can actually see them doing a couple pod, like the two of them.
0: Yeah. I was just literally just about to say that because again, kind of going with this, you know, narcissistic pattern, not saying he is, not saying anything, just seeing some things that seem to be a pattern, you know, that he, I could see him saying, Teresa, like the two of us together, like let's keep this in the family, and you know, really, the two of us would do so much better. And I totally, they see it.
1: would because wouldn't so many people tune in out of morbid curiosity?
0: <laughs> I, I, I would once, which is what I did with Namaste bitches, but it just was not. I couldn't just not my cup of tea. You know, yeah. there's a cup of tea out there for everybody. That one was not mine. Yeah. Agreed. But I, I think we might have nailed it on the head. And she's like,
1: love, Melissa. Love, love, love. But we wanted to do a couple's pod about mm. um, working through issues in a marriage because we have such a happy, healthy union.
0: Cocktailers, does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp? Has menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through multi-targeted whole body approach. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth just doesn't cut it. Nutrival has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow throughout different stages, such as postpartum and menopause, as well as for different lifestyles, such as plant-based diets. Take the hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. I started taking Nutrafol in the fall because unfortunately I'm in that statistic of one in every two women who experience hair thinning. Nothing is more disheartening than seeing more hair than you're used to on your hairbrush. So I decided to take action and take the first step to visibly thicker healthier hair with Nutrafol. Cocktailers, take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code GOSSIP. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. That's Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com and use promo code Gossip. That's Nutrafol.com promo code Gossip, G-O-S-S-I-P. Yeah, that's a good prediction. I'm going to... Make sure we note that S- Saturday, February 10th, we're recording this early, that this prediction was made. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, let's talk about Vanderpump. So, this week we got to see Sandoval is back. So, he and Ariana are literally working through assistance to determine when one or the other can come out of their rooms. Poor Jeez. Anne. Absurd. So there's this power struggle going on over his birthday. Tom wants to have a party at the house and he offers through Anne, his assistant, that he will get Ariana a hotel for the night. Ariana says absolutely not at first, but when Anne comes back to Ariana says that, hey, they'll be out by midnight, Ariana relents. Oh, well,
1: first of all, justice for Anne. There's a rumor circulating that Anne now works for Ariana. She's pictured in uh, Team Ariana cheerleading outfit. I-, I believe all of it. By the way,
0: did you know that she has a podcast too? Anne? It's called, yeah, it's called like I Signed an NDA or something. Hold on, oh, I got to find it. Isn't that funny? And I can only imagine, we'll have to look this up. I meant to look this up and I totally forgot because I'm on cold medicine today. But, yeah, apparently she has her own podcast, too. I'm kind of interested to hear what she has to say. So, so, okay, so this fight about him having the
1: party, it all goes back to everyone's everyone's thing where they're like, why the hell is she living there? And then there's this whole o- overriding issue of, is she not paying the bills? He's saying she hasn't paid them. She's saying on the after show she wants an itemized bill. It has us all confused because T Mariana always, but she should know what her mortgage and taxes cost as they're both owners. So by her saying she wants an itemized bill, it seems like she doesn't, like she didn't have her eyes on the bills back when they were together. I'm married many years. I wholly trust my husband, but we both have access to all bills. We can both see what's up, how much we owe, what our expenses are yeah you, you know it's it, 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 it's my thought is
0: this I feel like in a couple right there's some night maybe somebody likes to you know cook more and the other person likes to do the dishes right like there is definitely you kind of figure things out based on you know what especially when it comes to chores right who minds it the least and Often there's like a more financially, fiscally gifted person in the relationship who who takes that on, right? But both people in the couple absolutely must have access. And even if the other person who's not doing the bills isn't seeing everything monthly, couples should sit down quarterly to talk about where the money is going, how you're progressing on goals. Because, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, it if somebody cheats and, you know, is lying to their spouse or whatever. But I think the less talked about instance of where this can really go wrong if you don't have that access and you don't know where all this stuff is, is what happens if one partner passes away unexpectedly, right? You know, the other partner needs to know, you know, which bills are on auto pay and which ones are not. And, you know, how how to manage all of that. So... It's funny you say that because
1: my husband, not that long ago, made like a Google spreadsheet. Not even of, well, it has all of our joint stuff, which I'm obviously aware of all of that. But it also has like his personal accounts and investments and all different things. And I'm like, and I'm like, this is more, but he's like, listen, in the event that it happens, obviously you could go through all my paperwork, you could figure it out because I have access to all of that, like the file right. cabinet. He's like, but wouldn't it be easier to know I have this here, I have this here, I get this much life insurance from this, this, like yes. that kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, so obviously it makes sense, and so we sat down and and we did that for all of our personal stuff because honestly, we have joint and we have separate, and I I don't yeah yeah I don't know every dollar he has invested. He he invests in a lot of stuff and whatever, but he's not whatever. He has his own money. I have my own money. We came in with our own sort of things, like whatever it is. But the fact that on the after show, she said something like, I realized before she realized about the affair, she realized that Tom was overcharging her for their expenses. So he was in charge of the finances and he was saying, you owe me X amount this month. And somehow she realized he was asking her for more money. That's such a violation of trust. And I can't imagine like our mortgage is pulled from... Our joint account, so I see right. that, right? Right. But let's say that it wasn't, and I just somehow one day opened the mail and saw that the mortgage was two thousand, and he had told me it was five thousand. I'd be like, "Where the hell is the extra three thousand going?" Like, right. and and like at that point, so that's back to like what Schwartz said, which was Ariana never wanted to show any disagreements and anything like that because we never saw those sort of things on camera. Right. Right. Because she always wanted to hide that. But clearly there was a lot of deception in this relationship that she was aware of. So I think it I think you don't want to blame a victim. Right. Right. But I think what people are realizing is like you weren't as in the dark as you're saying you were because you're dropping all these like bombs now about all the ways he was deceiving you outside of cheating. Which was financially, and signing that second mortgage, which the way he explained it to her is not accurate, but also that's on you to educate yourself. you You're with somebody who's deceiving you. you know it, and you're signing things that you don't educate yourself on knowing. Again, I'm Team Ariana. I'm just thinking out loud how it's how I'm hearing it
0: Right. But i could also see a scenario where tom explains it to her like i'm just taking this out of my part of the equity you just have to have to co-sign because you're the co-owner and you know that there's nothing about you know debt can have priority right so like if there is a mortgage and there's a second mortgage the first mortgage has priority in the debt if something were there to sell the house or whatever that is what's supposed to get paid off first and, you know, maybe Ariana just didn't, you know, because playing devil's advocate here, if she is not thinking of, like, well, what would happen if we broke up, right? It doesn't even have that anywhere in her head. She's just taking him at face value. She's looking at the loan terms, and she's seeing Tom's name on there first. Then, right. you know, like... And this just, like, live and learn, but I, right. there is a point where... And I don't know, maybe
1: there's a point where if my husband tells me something, right? Mm -hmm. And I know he's not an expert on it and I'm not an expert on it. Then I say to him, like, let's talk to our accountant. Let's speak with an attorney who does this line of work. Let's, do you know what I'm saying? I agree. If my husband came to me and he was like, I want to buy a uh, investment property, right? Yeah. I don't know a lot about it, but I know a lot of people who are doing it and they, you know, they do it on Airbnb. I would want to speak with professionals. I would want to speak with real estate professionals. I would want to sit down with my husband so that we fully both understood what we were getting involved with, right? Right. Like I refinanced when when rates dropped. Yeah. And when I did that, I spoke with a professional in the field who came to my house, my husband and I sat down and he clearly explained everything, what it looked like, what it would do for us, what, what the pros were, what, right. So yeah. I wouldn't just say to my, like, I wouldn't say to my husband, Hey, the rates are lower. I'm going to refinance. Here's the paper, sign it. And that has nothing to do with, he doesn't trust me. Mm-hmm. It would be like, okay, well that sounds like a good idea, but you and I are not mortgage professionals. So let's talk to somebody who is so that we fully understand what
0: we're doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And this, that is, I think it is a healthy approach. One person takes point, you know, you took point on finding the mortgage person or whatever, but then you both had the conversation and that That's, to me feels. And you know, it
1: also feels like yeah. Tom had a lot of these conversations. Yes, it was his business, but the second that you implicate your home, it is now both of your, so
0: mm-hmm. he,
1: like, he left her out of a lot of parts of it and I guess the point that people are making is it isn't all on him. And I have to agree with that. Yeah. Whether you, it's not about trust. It's about your partner can make a mistake financially and have nothing to do with them wanting to cheat you out of money. It can Mm -hmm. do with
0: them. Maybe a bad investment. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Buying a car under a really way too high interest rate and not taking the time to research what it should be. Like things like that can happen. Right.
1: Yeah. So, but we see, so we saw this conversation, interestingly enough, on Beverly Hills where Kyle was like this week, she's like, I know nothing about our finances. I just sign. Who knows if I'm signing my life away? Um. And so Ariana obviously was in a similar arrangement. A lot of people were saying like in my DMs, oh, but Kyle's not of a different generation, but she's been married 28 years and, you know, Ariana is a millennial, so she should know better.
0: I also Kyle should know better, too. But Kyle also has protections in place. Yes. Good or bad. Right. Because, you know, being married does provide you some, you know, legal protections. It doesn't mean you'll automatically get 50 percent of everything. But, you know, you've got to go to a settlement and, you know, the court's going to the court because the law is that once you've been married, and especially over 10 years in California, it is everything can be considered equitable. And so she has that protection. But the only problem is, is if she's signing p- papers without really paying attention, we know of somebody else who we've already spoken of tonight, today, that got into a lot of trouble doing that. Right. And
1: first of all, I'd like to share that a lot of our listeners and followers are the people fully in charge of their family's finances. So they may be duping their husbands. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but somebody, but a, a follower pointed out to me, which was very important um, and something that hadn't crossed my mind. They said that a lot of this is based on socioeconomic situations, right? Because people who are on a tight budget are much more likely to know exactly what's coming in and what's going out. Whereas those with disposable income as all of these people because remember like especially Tom and Ariana when they're filming and they have partnerships long before their breakup you sometimes have like windfalls of money coming in and so like Mm -hmm. if he leases some dopey car or
0: whatever you're kind of not paying as much attention because they do partnership deals I have like a one-time payment things like that that it's not like they're both on a fixed income Meaning yes. they're both getting a paycheck every month that's always the same. I mean, maybe they are through Vanderpump, but there's a lot of other streams of income coming in as well. In a lot of families, there's two stream, you know, one or two streams of income, right? right. And it's a paycheck, and some people get bonuses, some people don't, but it's a much more steady situation. So, like the
1: more disposable income you have, the more likely maybe you are to not pick up on it, which totally
0: makes sense. Yeah, uh, I, don't I yeah. I yeah you just okay I I want to talk about (laughs) yes guys like what we were saying just meet quarterly just just to just touch base and make sure that like you know listen and it's uncomfortable it's
1: sometimes it's uncomfortable and and this is just speaking like from a personal standpoint I have my own credit card I have my own money I have my own sources of income right so I do not check with my listen I'm not I'm not buying a, a vehicle without him knowing right but certainly like I just bought myself a coat a nice coat and i didn't say to him whatever and so like when you have to sit there and he's like wait you paid how much for that coat because oh yeah you, th- you should be checking in quarterly just to know what's coming in and what's going out and and everything and i think people avoid it because it's uncomfortable sometimes
0: yeah you yeah. know
1: i know i have
0: <laughs> i feel like well yeah i i did a little shopping yesterday at a high-end store and it was, it's definitely one of those things I'm like, I don't want anybody to know how much I just spent on right three items of clothing. <laughs> or even sometimes it's, when you do your hair or your whatever, you know, you're spending yeah. a little more, but you're like,
1: it's been a rough week. It's worth it.
0: Yeah. Well, and like, I mean, being a girl, you know, like at least I, for me, like I get nails, I get yes. hair, I get lashes and that's, you know, every hair is, you know, every other month or so but like all the other stuff is you know every other week or every three weeks so it adds up but it's one of the things that I like that just makes me me just like the clothes that I wear and and whatever and like I can afford it I wouldn't be doing it if I were going into debt to do it of course you know so okay I want to talk about the absurdity of sandoval's birthday party oh my god first of all james showing up to sandoval's birthday and being like who are these losers
1: (laughs) not knowing (laughs) anyone we're all thinking we are like who are all these losers (laughs) and he basically he's like this guy has no friends who are these people are these hired people (sighs) um no one is enjoying sandoval's fall from grace more than james kennedy yeah and then Sandoval immediately blames James for hooking up with Kristen 10 years ago. He says it wasn't 10 years ago, but of course the editors pop it on the screen and it says like 2013 and 2023.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was classic deflection because he and he and Kristen didn't, break, uh, didn't hook up. James and Kristen didn't hook up until after she and Sandoval broke up anyway. So like, what's he so butthurt about? I don't get it. Right. He's not. He's just deflecting. He's deflecting. Because, I mean, the man cannot, I, you know, having listened to the Vile Files episode, the man cannot take responsibility for putting on his shoes in the morning. Like, he just cannot. The other part I thought was kind of funny about it is that Allie was there, but just sitting out in the car. Yeah. <laughs> she wouldn't come in.
1: And then when he's keying
0: on the bush, she's like, that's Ariana's bush, too. I- Just make like I was like that made me like her so much more. And like when they're I don't know, I'm I'm really enjoying Ali. These other people we've never seen other than Billy Lee, the baby shower balloons. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was. Yeah, definitely. Probably not the same kind of birthday that Tom Sandoval is used to. Definitely not. Well, and Um, I was wondering, I was
1: like... And also him being sober at the party, it seemed to me like he was only sober for filming. I just don't believe he was sober.
0: I don't Um, think he's sober either. We know that he has been out, seen at like bars and clubs, drinking. So, you know, maybe there was a short period of time where he decided to make a show out of being sober. Uh, and another thing viewers noticed,
1: because the viewers win every time, mm-hmm. Summer Moon, that pretty girl with the highlight, the like pink mm-hmm. red highlights. So the nanny who's friendly with Sheena, that young girl, is the girl we see in the trailer kissing both Tom and Katie,
0: that love triangle that we're going to see later in the season. It's freaking Summer Moon's nanny. I totally picked it up because <laughs> the hair. I mean, but let me just ask this. Do you think this woman is really Summer Moon's nanny, or they just decided to use this as an angle to bring in a new face to the show? I think to
1: bring in a new face to the show. I think she's very pretty. I think she's, you know, wanting to have a singing career. I wonder how much truth there is to it that there was really a love triangle.
0: Yeah, I, I guess we'll see. But, you know, the other thing that just makes me feel like the whole thing is fishy is, you know, if the nanny... Is really nanny Summer Moon, she's probably not going to be out when all the Vanderpump people are out, out drinking and doing whatever because right, she should be she's watching nanny. Summer Moon and so Sheena can go out. But again, seems a little fishy to me, but I guess we'll see. And then I think you brought this up on Bravo and Cocktails on the Instagram this week, but I was like, that is such a freaking good point. Why is nobody acknowledging that Sandoval and Rachel and Tom Schwartz all tried to make Katie the villain last year in like, and then this whole time they were using that as like a shell to cover for the affair with Sandoval. And I know we spoke
1: about it on the pod as the season was airing. Like once we knew about Scandal, like, Oh my God, particularly Schwartz. Like I can't believe Schwartz pretended and made out with her and pretended to care all the time, knowing that she was having an affair with Sandoval, even at the reunion, it wasn't mentioned. yeah, but you know what? Uh, karma's the best revenge. Katie's life is going great, and the other three are currently sharing seats on the struggle bus,
0: yeah. I think Katie's really come into our own. I think she looks amazing. You know, I think it sounds like she's doing some dating. I listened to
1: her and Dana's new podcast, oh, um disrespectfully, or what is it was called? something like that. And it's really good. It was good. I liked both of them. So I thought it was good.
0: I like, I always liked Dana. I've heard her on other podcasts and stuff too. I enjoy her. So I think she's got like a little bit of a hard edge, you know, where she won't let people, she's not a pushover. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I think, I think she'll be interesting to listen to. Okay. So I want to talk about this lunch with Lala and Ariana where they sit down and Lala is kind of questioning Ariana's choice to give Sandoval a hard time about about the party and about not moving in or moving out and all of this. Like, tell me what you think.
1: I feel like Lala should get it more than anyone else. You know, when Lala split with Randall, she was very clear no no mutual friends. But here she is calling Rachel, who. She never liked and was never friends with. It's not like they fell. You know what I mean? They fell out because of this in the case of Sheena. We see her somewhat siding with Sandoval. It all seems very hypocritical. I can't help but think that Ariana having moved on with her new boyfriend Dan fairly quickly and more importantly, having so much success dancing with the stars, Broadway, partnerships makes Lala feel like kind of like, oh, please stop being upset at, at Sandoval. Uh, But but, like with Lala, like you moved out of the house, but you had no ownership in it. They were she if they were renting, like, I mean, Ariana and Sandoval and there weren't millions of dollars on the line and Ariana chose to stay in the home. That would be super strange.
0: Right. I so I feel a little differently. I think that so, yes, I I think that I think Lala could be. Not so much siding with Sandoval, but more like trying to like gently point out to Ariana and trying to help her move on, like by kind of pointing out without saying it, like, why don't you let go of some of this? If you've really moved on, you wouldn't care so much, right? Like same conversation we hear with Lisa and Lenny, you know, like it, yes. if it's really so raw and you're really still so like, maybe you're madder about this and maybe you haven't gotten past this in actuality which is what i think she's kind of more trying to point out i i think she's just trying to do it a little gently and you know and just saying you know it's it seems reasonable that tom could have a party in his own house and it does seem to me and i'm just gonna say it that ariana is being a little i think she is being a little difficult about the house because to me if i were like this is where all this shit went down i would be like I want to move out. I would paper it so that it's clear that I'm not abandoning the property, right? So that Tom can't make any claims like that. But like, live in your own space, take the deal from Tom, you know, negotiate with Tom. Like, don't just take whatever deal he gives, but like, and get out of the space and get it out of your like system. Like, I feel like staying there is perpetuating this negative energy and she's just wanting to do this like game of chicken with Tom where it's, like I think it's staying in the same space I I agree with what
1: you're saying it's how can you move on when you're still physically in this space with him right it's
0: right yeah and it she's doing that by choice because there's this it's not like she's worried legally she could lose like you can totally in a situation like that you can paper it where it's like okay Ariana's gonna move out you know, here is the financial you know agreement if we are selling, and here is the financial agreement if Tom is buying her out. I just, I can't understand. I can't. I don't get her not wanting to to just start fresh. Yeah, I think that she's. I think that she's
1: trying to run him out, but at what expense? Like, right. you're you're costing yourself your own sanity, and she's with this new guy. Clearly, she is not ready based on what we're seeing. She's not ready to be in a new relationship at the, uh, you know, yeah. during filming
0: um, to see. I'm curious to what her like birth sign is, because I was talking my the person who does my hair is also an astrologer. And we got in this whole conversation and certain signs are much bigger grudge holders. And I kind of I'm like, I wonder because I'm like, this just feels like a grudge at this point to me. I'm she's like, a cancer. She's a cancer. Okay. I don't know if they're grudge holders or not. I think they might be. I don't know. She's clearly holding a grudge in this situation, I think. I am one of those people who cannot hold it a grudge. It says, cancer's, don't care to. cancer's
1: occasional stubbornness shows their need to uphold tradition. They don't like change or surprises. Mm. The, other, the only other time you might see a cancer get stubborn, stubborn is when they feel someone has wronged them. Because they're so sensitive, cancers tend to hold long grudges. All right, there we have it. We are now astrology. <laughs> We're now an astrology account. <laughs> I don't know. I listen. I I'm with you. I certainly would not want to be in the same space. And she has yeah. so much going on. Speaking of which, everybody is saying, "Oh, something about her is never opening." A follower told me so. I can't share exactly what company this person right. works for, but. Let's just say that like, you know, meal delivery services, growth Hub, Seamless, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So what they told me was Ariana's friend Logan is listed as the general manager and everything's set to go live on their point of sale system. So like, mm. you know, those online delivery yeah. services. Interesting. So... so- he's so they're ready to go live otherwise and the opening delays are because of construction delays and permit issues that's yeah that's i don't i believe control. it's happening
0: yeah and we saw on the show they hired a coo to run the restaurant so ariana being in new york in that case should not be what is holding up holding up the restaurant opening i think we've all seen that happen where permitting and stuff holds stuff up yes you know just red government red tape so very interesting oh so we also got that little bit of tea that raquel was seen in new york city so on february 1st actually somebody i know like in real life
1: who who follows bravo and cocktails messaged me and they said that she said that her husband spotted rachel at the refinery hotel um i'm sharing the hotel now i did not at the time because she's no longer staying there so anyway Rachel joked with somebody when they asked why she was in New York. She said she was going to see Chicago. So at the time I posted, I was like, wait, oh my God, is she? But it was pretty clear it was her version of a joke. Then some people, when I posted that, speculated maybe she was there to meet with Bethany. But now, obviously, we see she walked in a New York Fashion Week show. I think it was an odd joke, like, in every interview, she says she wants everyone to forget about it, make it go away, but it's she's making it her punchline when she meets fans or people who watch the show. So it sort of contradicts everything she says about wanting to move on. She's got a podcast basically dedicated to it.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm looking at the show. It was, let's see. Something with a G. Johanna, Glowdy by Johanna Hernandez. But I'm looking at the dress she's wearing. I mean, I think she looks she beautiful. Looks yeah. Yeah, and it's like very pageant dress, so it kind of fits her.
1: And why wouldn't a designer want her in their show? You're going to fill seats. Of course. You know, I think the the other thing is, too, you know, Sandoval has a whole show and restaurants. Like, this girl's entitled to move on and make a career for herself. I think it's because she kind of goes back and forth between saying, I'm not going to be in the public eye anymore and then going into the public eye. But she's somebody who, like, she's wishy-washy.
0: She can't decide what she wants. We know that. She is not going to go quietly into the night. She's just not. Nah. There's no way. Nah. Um so So Beverly Hills I for one have really enjoyed these episodes when they are in Spain. I mean the trip the trip episodes I feel like are always some of the best. And then this week's we had the you know spreading of the ashes and you know kind of wrapping up the Spain trip and the flamenco dancing. What did you think? Merce is no longer in the purse. <laughs> <laughs> so during this episode, I sort of had an epiphany
1: about Dorit and Kyle. Yeah. Because Kyle seems so over Dorit. It's yeah. really obvious and has been obvious. And then it reminded me that Kyle and Dorit really became close during the Lisa Vanderpump drama, during Puppygate. Mm-hmm. They both fell out with Lisa at that time. Lisa turned her back on Kyle and Dorit. And yes, Dorit and Kyle had fun partying together and they had fun as couples. But I'm starting to think that the bond for Kyle was the common enemy and she held on to that resentment for so long and being close with Dorit kind of They bonded over that. It kind of kept sticking it to Lisa. Maybe it wasn't really a true bond for Kyle because she seems to really be over it. In the car, like when Dorit was saying to her, oh, I didn't know about all these projects you're doing. Mm -hmm. She's like, yeah, I haven't
0: told anybody. And Dorit's like, anybody? Like, I'm just anybody now? And then she's like, do do I need to tattoo your initial on my body to get you to tell me things? Yeah. Yeah. and then Kyle did speak
1: with her a little bit about her marriage, but it seemed fairly surface level. And we're all watching Kyle do this dance about her marriage, and it's sad, and it looks painful. <sighs> so yesterday, Kyle reposted—so in one of the scenes when they're driving, she's Kyle is looking at Dorit's phone, and Kyle covers the camera so the camera can't pick up a, a text message from P.K., So a fan account or viewer, whatever, reposted and said, I wonder why Kyle covered the camera. Could it be heated messages from PK? Kyle screenshot that, shared it, and put big eyes. So Kyle is clearly spreading.
0: Encouraging
1: it. Yes, encouraging the discourse that they're split because Dorit isn't addressing it, although we've heard from multiple sources that PK has said they're split. So yeah.
0: Well, I think I think it could be also Dorit wanting to have a storyline next season. Like the timing. We have we you and I have talked about this, right? That the timing yes. would make sense. This is a season about Kyle's marriage. And then in Dorit's mind, next season would be about hers.
1: If she gets a next season.
0: Yeah. I mean I, maybe she's hoping this will help her. I don't know. I still really enjoy watching Dorit. I, I do. You know, I, I I like her on the show. Maybe she's a friend of. Right. I don't know. Okay. So Camille, <laughs> who never seems to quite just go away. She always seems to kind of pop up every, you know, month or so has come out saying that she wants a Beverly Hills legacy show.
1: Love the idea, but would LVP come back? Doubt it. Doubt Adrian Maloof would. I think it would be fantastic if if the original ladies all came together. Same with yeah. Atlanta. You know, I think it'd be great to do a legacy Atlanta, but the problem with both those cities is a couple of key players from each wouldn't come either by their choice or the network wouldn't have them. Right. So Camille and, I don't know, Taylor – does not a show
0: make? <laughs> Speaking, you know, I I think- sorry. I just was gonna say I think the beauty of these Ultimate Girls trips is that there are an unlimited variety of themes we could do. We could do a Beverly Hills Legacy. We could do an Atlanta Legacy. We could do we could mix a OGs couple. and newbies. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? Like there's there's so many different combinations within the Bravo universe that you know let's just face it we would watch no matter what so i i wouldn't rule that out i think you know who knows what's going on with the future of the ultimate girls trips given that lawsuit about morocco
1: yeah and there's a lot of chatter about that we're never seeing that show it is what it is and so okay so speaking of legacy Mm -hmm. there were these new york rumors and I don't even think I took the time to address it on the pod because it was never an actual thing that the OGs were going to be cast full time to be on the reboot. Right. It was never a consideration from the network, from production. I think that there were people who would like it to happen, but the network was not interested. It would have been like two competing casts.
0: Well, because we know that Dorinda, Luann, Sonia have all made inroads to some of the women, but it would be, I don't know, it would feel a little disconjointed to me, disjointed, having them all come together. I don't know, maybe like one comes to a party or something. So with the reboot, Aaron from the reboot called the legacy show, cute,
1: (laughs) apparently. The second I saw that, I saw steam coming out of a couple of OG's ears.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and she, Dorinda was not pleased, commented, said she was offended and surprised and that it was a rude thing to say. So, okay.
1: Erin posted and replied to Dorinda's comments saying, oh, I overused the word cute. I just meant that it was fun in a lighthearted kind of way. Many feel it was condescending, including Kristen Teekman, who posted a reel going in on Erin. You know, I don't remember, like, loving Kristen this much, but- I'm really liking her as a grown-ass woman because she's cool. She's funny. I like the content she puts out. I do think I watched Erin's interview, and I'm a big fan of Erin. Yeah. I think she was throwing shade at them. I think she was yeah. like, yeah, no, we don't need them. Uh, yeah, yeah. that show was cute. It, it it ran its course. Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. It was cute. Yeah. Uh, would it wouldn't make it's sense. It's a very happen-
0: condescending way to put it. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: That This is the thing. You can like, I like Erin, while also recognizing Erin is a 36-year-old it girl from Manhattan. She grew up wealthy. She has a lot of wealthy friends. Her husband's a big shot attorney. Her parents are big shot in real estate. She's a privileged, beautiful woman from New York City. So you can like her on the show. You're going to- she's gonna say things that are rude and that are obnoxious like you know what I'm saying and so with the new women it's always like a hard balance because when I post stuff then then you got to deal with like people being like oh you don't like so-and-so right I like I like every one of the New York City women but I Mm -hmm. think like Erin I think Cy I think Jessel I think that they have their attitudes, and they think who they are in the same way. Luann and Dorinda and Sonia always have too. Like they're right, quote unquote socialites or what have you. They're not regular girls from New York City. They're, there's a reason there are cameras following them, whether we knew them or not. They're known in in the you know in the important circles in New York City. So yeah, with that comes a hoity-toity attitude.
0: Well, and Erin knows what she's doing. She knows that if she, in an interview, says, you know, oh, I look up to these women. They paved the way so that, you know, the reboot can happen. That's not going to get any press. You know, if she says something subtly shady, that is going to get yeah talking. I and think you know she what? knows exactly what she's doing. And guess what? She also means it. Like, she, yeah. first season,
1: they did say those kind of things. But now... Believe me when I tell you, these women very much think OGs are forgotten about, we're the it girls. Like, they think that way. Delusion is what makes good housewives. And it's not delusional because in their microcosm of, in their little worlds right now, the cameras are on them. Like, Jessel posted something, what a year January has been. And it's her on the cover of a magazine and her out at fancy dinners and her at galas and you know, lights, camera, action. They're getting a lot of attention. Everybody wants yeah. them on their podcast. Everybody right. wants to partner with them. They're all beautiful. They're, I don't want to say young, but they're, you know, they have young families. They're getting attention at their kids' schools. They're, and believe me, I know, because I right. hear from all their kids' private schools. I know exactly who, who, and what's what. I know that Erin avoids play dates with a lot of people who aren't up to par with her. You know, there's all of that. And to be expected, none of it shocks me. It should shock anybody that they're a little obnoxious. You don't think Jessel's a little obnoxious? I got that first episode. Doesn't mean I dislike her. It's what makes a good housewife.
0: I totally agree. So speaking of people who know what they're doing in the (laughs) public spotlight, I wanted to circle back to, you know, our big story from a couple weeks ago, which was Luann and Joey Bottles from Southern Hospitality hooking up. So sounds like we did get some scoop on that reunion.
1: Okay, so some of you guys are still asking me, how do we know that Danielle uh, went home early? Well, we know it because Luann actually said it to the press, okay, when she pretended to be surprised there were paparazzi there that were called by her PR agent to come. Right. (laughs) That's how we know. Number two, at the Southern Hospitality reunion, The bomb that was, you know, uh, somebody called it a bomb um, and was asking me what it was. What it was, was Joe did discuss the hookup with Luann. And while he didn't say, yeah, I banged her, he did not deny it. Yeah. Now, the other situation is apparently TJ calls Joe a fuckboy and he's crying. TJ's very upset with him. I don't know if we get more details on that. I heard it was a personal reason, whatever that means. But Southern hospitality is coming into its own. Joe Bradley, and we were saying this for the second he kissed, before he made out with Danielle, mm-hmm. we were told, Amanda, that he wants to follow Craig and Austin's template. He wants to cross over with other Bravo stars. He wants, he's a young guy, lives in Charleston. He sees the success they've had. He wants it for himself. Ta-da. That's what he's doing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean- I'm Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clear. And he does not come off as the smartest person, but it's quite clear that that's what he's doing. And I also think, too, like, having watched the show, which I'm very, very much enjoying, by the way, Southern, I'm liking this season much better than I liked last season. Same. Um, I think part of the reason is, is I think they are all real friends, right? But I think what some of some of what's going on is Joe kind of plays both sides, right? He shows part of a text message to Maddie, but doesn't show her the entire chain, which also shows him going off because there's this group chat that's going on. It doesn't also show him kind of doing the same thing that he accuses others in this group chat and shows Maddie about as well. So it, it could just be that there's, I think there's some animosity because I think they have some real... They do have real friendships, you know? And Will was all upset because Joey Bottles just decides to become O'Sheen's best friend and Will and TJ and the rest of the guys all feel a little left behind.
1: And I think that what we're going to see is something that happens with every reality show in the first couple seasons. And you're going to see... People like Joey Bottles choose fame and reality television success over people they were friends with prior, right? And if Joey Bottles, in the limited limited capacity his brain seems to have, <laughs> <laughs> I'm only teasing. He's a dopey
0: guy. All right, he just uh, doesn't. He might be a lot smarter than he than he is. He just doesn't come. Yeah, up and they're also as the at half the time. So it's like yeah, oh too. I mean, his name is Joey
1: Bottles, like. He might have determined at some point, like, O'Sheen is going to be a bigger star on the show than Will. she's single. O'sh- O'sh- is it O'Sheen? O'Sheen. O'sh- yeah. O'Sheen single. I can, we can wingman with each other. Yeah. We can sort of do the Austin Craig. I'm telling you, he wants to follow the Austin Craig template. I was told yeah. by a source. So maybe he sees O'Sheen as the guy who could have a successful podcast with him. Yeah, guy who, when they get enough money up to invest in a bar in Charleston, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure is a goal, or some sort of right business in Charleston, he would want to be the Tom to his top. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He is following uh, a script that was written by Vanderpump Rules, that was written by Southern Charm, and I'm not faulting him for it. I'm just saying it's pretty obvious. Yeah you know, with, yeah. with the Danielle trying to cross over, I think that we'll see Joey Bottles hook up with another Bravo Lab. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's not he, done. He's, he's pissed keep- Winterhouse yeah. is not filming this season. And I do think he's going to have success because I think that he is a person who is willing to do what he needs to do to make a show interesting, like a male yeah. Sheena. And it makes for good TV. You don't have to like him. You don't have yeah. to think he's a stand-up guy. I mean, he's a fuck boy who's not a great friend who wants
0: to be wealthy and famous Lindsay hubbard yes oh, that's maybe he'll that's who's gonna go after next well if Lindsay does that
1: and now that her and danielle are made up that would be really fucked up
0: oh it would be, it would be we
1: see Lindsay's in nashville she bought an investment property good for her she's obviously partnered with some furniture company because she keeps posting them i guess they're gonna furnish her house for free Some people speculate. They say in Nashville, you can't run an Airbnb if you don't occupy the resident Nashville people hit me up, something like that, a certain amount of time. So I don't know how she's getting around that since she's so public. I mean, if you're not a public person, if you and I invested in a property there, who would know? But right.
0: Well, good for her.
1: A lot going on in the Bravo world. We... You know, guys, we, and we are on Cocktail Pod going to talk about some Traders stuff without doing spoilers. I'm not doing spoilers on Traders. No spoilers. I I honestly, I told my source who sends me stuff. I was like, I don't want to know. I really don't. At the beginning, he sent me, well, I knew who was going to be on it. And then he sent me stuff, but I deleted it and I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And I mean, CT and Phaedra, though. <sighs> I know.
0: We got we got a favorite for
1: cocktail party. I just love it. You guys, you tune in every week. We love you for it. We know there are so many places that you guys can listen to. And the fact that you choose cocktails and gossip week after week makes us feel really flattered, to be quite honest with you. And grateful
0: for you guys. I hope you're having a great weekend. And till next time. So till next time. Guys, definitely tell your friends about the pod if you love it. We are, you know, always happy to have- new fresh years coming into the pod. So thanks, everybody. Bye, guys.
1: What's up, cocktailers? We want to thank you, as always, for listening to Cocktails & Gossip. Because of you, we've hit some amazing milestones, had some hilarious conversations, and have grown a truly amazing community. If you haven't already followed our podcast, hit the follow button in the top right of your Apple Podcast Player, the follow button under the show logo on Spotify, or the subscribe button on Google Podcasts. We thrive on you, our audience. So make sure to tell all your gossip-loving friends about us too. And if you wanna get all the tea, join our membership cocktail party by going to com backslash join. Our members get access to the exclusive tea we post, the weekly podcast without ads, plus another additional bonus podcast every week. And of course, members also get to join us on our monthly live cocktail party Zoom where we talk about the latest tea and even share tea that's just too hot to put in writing. Last But maybe best, our members get access to the Cocktail Party Discord, where you can chat with Amanda, me, and all of the other cocktailers as well. There are always some great convos and hilarious comments happening in Discord. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you.